Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. God never gives us commandments to deprive us of good things. He gives us commandments so he can bestow those good things upon us. So being obedient to parents, it's not only right, but it's the best thing that it may be well with you. And the promise here is that if you follow God's instruction, that will be the case. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, in a message titled, God, Children, and Parents. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So, as many of you know, we are studying through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and we've been doing, uh, as I've called it, a series within a series, looking at the subject of marriage and family. And for the past several weeks, we've looked at the, the issue of the marital relationship, and we come today to a consideration of the relationship between children and parents. And so here in Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4, let me read it to you. Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. The biblical view of family, a father and a mother who are married to each other, and children, that's a biblical picture of a family. This picture has been relentlessly attacked in this country from the 1960s until today. Powerful forces have been at work to undermine the family unit. But moving from that, we come to the apostles' instruction to the Christian family. Now, the reality is we can't do a whole lot about uh, what's happening with marriage out in the, the larger uh, society. But what we can do is we can make sure that we are living according to God's instruction. We can make sure that we are living uh, according to God's standard for marriage and family. So we can't affect the culture. I mean, you know, a little bit. We can, we can vote on things sometimes. We can uh, certainly pray. We can hopefully be a good example. But the larger culture is just swept up in this opposition, really, to God's picture of, of life in general and of uh, married life and family life in particular. And so we need, though, to make sure that we are applying these things in our own homes. So here the apostle, he addresses first the children and then the parents. And so as we saw with the relationship between the husband and wife, we see that there is a divine order. 
And according to the biblical picture, children are to be obedient to their parents. And every culture that has made light of or dismissed this command has suffered dire consequences. And, and many of the problems that we face in our own society today are due to a, a neglect of these things or a, a refusal to recognize this as the right way to do things. You know, many today in the culture have just absolute disdain for any instruction that comes from the Bible. I mean, if it comes from the Bible, forget it, people say. You know, I don't want to hear any of that. And so there's just a complete rejection of the biblical prescription on how to live. But the more we reject the biblical prescription, the more trouble we have in our culture. I don't know that anybody's ever going to wake up and realize that, but that is truly the case. So here, looking specifically at the passage that we read, we start with children. Children obey your parents. Children obey your parents. And then Paul gives us reasons for that. There are practical reasons for children to obey their parents. And here he says, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, believe it or not, there are things that are right, and there are things that are wrong. And when you do things right, you get a good outcome. When you do things wrong, you get a not so good outcome. And, and this is absolutely the case when it comes to the relationship between the parent and the child. An obedient child enjoys life. An obedient child has a good life experience. A disobedient child does not because disobedience is wrong. It's not right. Now, again, um, to a large degree, our society has lost the concept of right and wrong, but according to the scriptures, there is a right and a wrong way to do things, and here, obedience to parents is the right thing to do. And then honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So secondly, we see not only is it right, but it's the best thing. You see, God never gives us commandments to deprive us of good things. He gives us commandments so he can bestow those good things upon us. So being obedient to parents, it's not only right, but it's the best thing that it may be well with you. So Paul's here speaking to children, that it may be well with you. There's nothing more that a parent could want than that things would go well for their children. I mean, unless you're just a, a horrible parent, uh, this is what we want, right? As, as parents, we want things to go well for our children. We want them to grow up to be healthy and you know, well-adjusted. Um, and we, we want them to have a good life. And the promise here is that if you follow God's instruction, that will be the case, that it may be well with you. Whenever I said no to my children... It was with their best interest in mind. At least most of the time, that was the case. Uh, I would have to say that there probably were a few occasions when 
I really probably had my own best interest in mind. I just didn't want to, you know, whatever they were asking for, no, I'm not going to give you that. And, uh, but generally speaking, generally speaking, it was never to quench their fun. It wasn't to make their lives miserable. It was for their benefit and their protection that I would say no to my children. And, and most parents, that's the case. We are looking out for their best interests. I, I used to say to my kids, you know, listen, I was a child once. I know that's hard for you to believe, but I was a child. And I know about this stuff. When my kids were teenagers, hey, I was a teenager too. They just never believed that, you know, or... For them, it was like, oh, yeah, Dad, but back when you were a teenager, it was so much different. It's, uh, it's completely an irrelevant comparison. But I, I find, actually, that uh, things haven't changed all that much. There's a lot of similarities. But, you know, the things that I would, I would prohibit them from doing, it was for their own, their own benefit. Many times they didn't see that. Many times they thought that it was just simply some dumb rule that Dad had laid down. My oldest son, uh, one day, we saw him going out into the backyard, and he had a belt around his waist with, with probably five or six different knives uh, there stuck in the belt. You know, he had gotten the knives out of the kitchen drawers, and he had a couple of his own pocket knives and things, and he had them all stuffed in his belt. And I said, where are you going? And we had a playhouse in our backyard. And he said, oh, I'm going to go jump off the roof of the playhouse onto the trampoline. You're going to jump off the roof of the playhouse onto the trampoline with a belt full of knives around your waist. You know what? One of those knives might go right through your belly. Give me those knives. What is the matter with you? No, you can't do this. Oh, Dad, I can't believe it, man. You don't let me have any fun. Look, I, I don't mind you having fun. I just don't want you to kill yourself in the process. But this is sometimes what happens, isn't it? So it is for your well-being that God commands you to obey your parents, that you may live long. How does obedience uh, translate into a long life? Well, think about it. The child who obeys will be protected from danger. Uh, He or she will experience less accidents and harm. I mean, again, how many times when your children were small, maybe some of you have, you know, your children are all grown up, but how many times, uh, you know, could you see things that were, that were going to happen? They couldn't see it. But, you know, man, if they do that, we're going we're gonna to end up at urgent care. We're going to end up at the emergency ward because this is going to result in some uh, sort of a disastrous thing. So we would tell them no, but it was to protect them from danger. And the child who is obedient then doesn't have those kinds of experiences. An obedient child will be spared the bad habits and bad friends that tend to ruin and shorten life. A child who's perpetually disobedient, disobedient to a parent, will eventually become disobedient in society. You know, it's interesting. The fifth commandment is this commandment here that Paul's quoting, children, honor your father and your mother. And it's a if you look at it in where it's situated, it's the fifth commandment. It's actually the transitional commandment from man's obligation to God uh, to his obligation to his fellow man. 
And the reason why it's there as the fifth commandment, the reason why it's the transitional commandment is because the parent, to a large degree, was in the place of God. So when, when God said for the, for the children to honor their parents, as they did honor their parents, it was at the same time honoring to God. So if you're dishonorable toward your parents, then you're dishonoring God. If you disobey your parents habitually, if you develop this kind of a pattern, you will grow up in life and you will disobey all authority and especially ultimately God's authority. So children who obey are more likely to develop healthy patterns, whereas a disobedient child will likely develop harmful patterns. The scriptures repeat this in several places. Proverbs 4.10 says, Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. And then in Proverbs 10.27, The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. How many times has it been the case that a Another child has come into a person's life and influenced them for bad, influenced them toward evil, and ended up leading them astray and getting them into all kinds of trouble. So again, the parent is watching out for the well-being of the child with the, with the deep desire that your children will do well. You know, for me personally, this to me is the most important thing in the world. The most important thing to me is that my children know God, that they walk with God, that they, they have a relationship with him, that they, that they have a, a good life, a blessed life. That, that's primarily what I care about. And I think that, of course, that would be the case with you as well. That's what we want as parents for our children. Sometimes children just, they don't get that. So, a few questions arise. Is there ever a time when children don't have to obey their parents? Yes. When the children become adults, they no longer have to obey their parents. Now, I don't know who came up with the bright idea for kids to become adults at 18, but, uh, <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I heard, hey, I'm 18, so what? That means nothing to me. But in the, in the mind of the state, you know, you are now an adult, so... Uh, but the reality is, of course, when a child reaches adulthood, they no longer are obligated by this command here of Paul's, but even as adults, they are to honor their parents. So you might not be living in a, a relationship with your parents as an adult, of course you shouldn't, where... You know, you're calling up your mom and dad, hey, can I do this? You don't, you don't have to do that. You don't want to do that. But you do want to show them honor, which means to love, to reverence, to regard them highly, to show them respect and consideration. So just because you become an adult doesn't mean you completely disassociate yourself from your relationship with your parents or their influence over your lives. Um, of course, we would all look to our parents to some degree for that good influence, and we would honor them and respect their views on things. Secondly, children would not be obligated to obey parents if the parents were prohibiting them from obeying and serving God. So this would be one exception 
if a parent, and, and unbelievably, there are times when this does happen, a parent will be trying to encourage the child toward some sort of evil type of a practice. This, this does happen, sadly. And there, the child would be, the responsibility there would be uh, to obey God. Now, a question also that comes up is, what about a non-believing parent? Somebody says, well, you know, my parents aren't Christians. What about that? I mean, could I, could I really obey them if they're not Christians? Well, yes, it's your obedience and your honoring of them that will at times be the greatest witness to them of the reality of Jesus Christ. So just because they're not believers doesn't mean that we no longer have to obey them. And God quite often will use that obedience. You know, you have a child, let's say maybe a teenager who has been rebellious, who has been in all kinds of trouble and just an absolute pain to the parent, but then they get saved. And their life begins to change. And they start to be compliant. They start to be obedient. The parent looks on and says, wow, this is amazing what's happened. Many parents have been led to Christ by the transformation in the lives of their children as they went from being disrespectful and rebellious to being respectful and obedient. And that's the picture that we have here. So those are the commands to children. Now, Paul, from there, he moves on and he says, and you fathers... You fathers, it's interesting that Paul zeroes in on the father here. In our society, to a large degree, we, we sort of um, looked to the mothers to be the, the primary influence on the children. Of course, dad goes off to work and all of that. And, and then he's too tired when he comes home, so he doesn't engage too much with the kids. And, you know, that, that child rearing thing is left up to the mothers. Well, the biblical picture is that it's a joint Venture. We're, we're in this together. But the biblical picture puts an emphasis on the father. We see it right here. Paul could have said fathers and mothers. And of course, previously he said parents, so he was including both. But he's talking specifically to fathers here. God expects men to be thoroughly engaged in the bringing up of their children. That's the reality. We're not to abdicate that. We're not to just... Uh, relegate that to, well, that's the wife's job. And if we do that, and depending on the degree that the father neglects the family, there will be consequences. The breakdown of the family in our culture is largely due to the failure of fathers to be fathers. I read a very excellent article last night written by a man, a pastor named uh, Vadi Bakum. And Vadi is an African-American pastor who grew up in South Central LA. He now pastors in Texas. And um, I thought what he said was, was really applicable here. He said, the underlying malady that gives rise to the plague of violence and criminality in the black community is immorality and fatherlessness. We know that fatherlessness is the number one indicator of future violence, dropout rates, out of wedlock births, future incarceration. And in the black community, more than 70% of all children are born out of wedlock. Fatherlessness is the bane of the black community. Now, the reality is, that's true, but fatherlessness is the bane of every community. 
whether it's the black community or the Hispanic community or the white community, wherever you find an absentee father, wherever you find a single parent home with, with the mother doing her best and the dad is absent, even if the dad lives in the home, if he's just completely disengaged, this is going to be problematic for children as they grow. The dad is there in the home to set the pace, to 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 be the model, to show, especially the sons, but the daughters as well. It's not just a, a matter of fathers and sons. It's a matter of fathers and daughters. Now, when Paul outlines how parents should behave toward their children, here he says, fathers do not provoke. It's not the exercise, but the restraint of their authority that he urges upon them. The picture he paints of fathers as self-controlled, gentle, patient educators of their children is in stark contrast to the norm of his day. Now, Paul, of course, wrote this in the context of the Roman Empire. Commentator William Barclay described the typical Roman household. A Roman father had absolute power over his family. He could sell them as slaves. He could make them work in the fields, even in chains. He could take the law into his own hands, for the law was in his own hands, and punish as he liked. He could even inflict the death penalty on his child. Completely different was the Christian father. So this is the contrast that Paul is making. So Paul's writing to men who have become Christians who probably had previously been more like the typical Roman father, and he's saying it's, it's a different situation now. Fathers do not provoke. That was apparently the, the mode of operation of the, the Roman father. But he says, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. So the picture of the Christian father was to be completely different. The overarching theme of Ephesians, maybe you remember, we've talked about this, is that through Christ's reconciling work, there is now one multinational, multicultural family of God. And so what Paul is saying here is human fathers are to care for their families as God cares for his family. Earlier in Ephesians, Paul mentioned the fact that all of the fathers on earth, they take their name from the heavenly father. The tragedy is although we take our title from the heavenly father, most fathers on earth do not, they do not emulate the heavenly father. But that's what Paul says we are called to do. Now, in today's society, you often find parents at one extreme or the other. You find, in dealing with their children, you find sometimes that parents are, are severely oppressive on the one hand, or you find that they are extremely permissive on the other. The oppressive parent is harsh and unreasonably demanding. This will break the spirit of a child, a harsh attitude and, and an unreasonable demand. You know, some parents put these demands on their children. They, they want their children to be uh, head and shoulders above every other child. They want them to get better grades. They want them to do better in sports. And they're, but their demands are unreasonable. This is an oppressive approach to parenting.
And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. A great book that I recently read was the book called Finding the Right Hills to Die On. And this is written by a young man named Gavin Ortland, and he is a brilliant writer. And this book deals with the subject of Christian unity. It just seems like so often we're divided up over theological issues, and many times we are dividing over things that don't really matter in the big picture. And so the title kind of indicates that, finding the right hills to die on. We don't want to die on every hill. There are certain things, obviously, we need to stand and fight for certain essential doctrines. So this book kind of puts in perspective what the priorities are. And so I highly recommend Finding the Right Hills to Die On by Gavin Ortland. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Finding the Right Hills to Die On by Gavin Ortland. You can order the book Finding the Right Hills to Die On by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Finding the Right Hills to Die On by Gavin Ortland. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.